0: The World of Islam, Culture, Religion and Politics Welcome to the World of Islam podcast Thank you for taking the time to join me again as we continue discussing Sufism or what is often called the mystical tradition of Islam
1: Today I would
0: like to highlight some of the practices and beliefs of those who adhered to Sufism once it developed into a more articulated vision of the world. It is important here to note that it would be a mistake to perceive Sufism as a homogeneous entity. It is more appropriate to speak of various Sufi orientations and therefore We can say that there are some beliefs and practices that became widely accepted within most, though not all, Sufi orientations between the 10th and 13th centuries. Let's start by highlighting a general aspect of the Sufi vision and that is the drive towards experiencing the Divine. While the jurists and theologians strove to establish a framework that organized society according to what they viewed as God's will, and that set up the believers for salvation in the life to come, including the encounter with God in paradise, the Sufis sought an additional achievement, and that is to intensely experience the divine presence in this world, in the here and now. This is captured in the way they approached the issue of knowledge. We have seen in previous episodes that multiple debates occurred in the legal and theological circles about what means were adequate to comprehend God's revelation. We saw how a spectrum formed with, on one side, rationalists who gave human reason, aql, a highly privileged status in the process, and on the other side, traditionalists who championed the received traditions, naql, particularly the hadiths attributed to the Prophet. The Sufis, while not necessarily rejecting reason or traditions, arguably saw them as inferior to the knowledge of God that stems from direct experience of God an experience that for many sufis reached as far as union with god attisal. what are the implications of this framework for understanding revelation beyond naql traditions and aql reason the sufi reading of the quran was illuminated by the higher level of consciousness that stems from a deeper knowledge, marifa of reality. Therefore, Sufis were not satisfied with a literal reading of scripture, al-Zahir in Arabic, the exoteric, but dug deeper into the hidden meanings, in Arabic al-Batin, the esoteric dimension. Sufis are able to achieve this level of interpretation not because of naql, not because of aql, but because of direct experience of the Divine, an experience that unveiled for them the hidden meaning. The term that they used for this is kashf, literally, unveiling. Thus, Qur'anic interpretation for the Sufis was tightly linked to the ability of the reader to have transcended the quote-unquote normal existence but how does one achieve this well one has to undergo a long and difficult psycho-spiritual journey sufis given the remarkable ability of many of their teachers to use metaphors allegories and parables as a teaching tool have over the centuries proposed fascinating stories that seek to capture the what and how of this journey. One such story is a famous poetic parable, written by a Persian Sufi poet, by the name of Fariduddin Attar, of Nishapur, who died in twelve hundred and twenty. The title was Mantiqatayr, which is available in English translation today. In this long poem. Atar tells the story of a conference of the world's birds, a gathering through which they sought to find the king of all birds. The wisest of all birds, the hoopoe, a bird that I would like to note, makes a cameo in the Qur'an as advisor of Salomon. So the hoopoe, being the wise bird, suggests that the birds go on a journey to find the mythical bird Seymour, for that indeed is their king. He is the perfect bird in every sense. But this journey, the Hoopoo warns, is a very difficult journey with no guarantee of success. By now, the birds were already enamored with the Seymour and were strongly longing to find their king. The long and arduous journey went through a number of valleys, each holding a different name, Talab, Seeking, Ishq, Love, Marifat, Knowledge, Estirna, Detachment, Tohid, Unity, Herat, Astonishment, Farar, Poverty, And finally, Fana, Annihilation. But not all birds made it. Many couldn't handle the adversities of the journey. At the end, only thirty birds made it. And when they gathered around the light of the Seymour and entered into his dwelling, that's when they realized that they and the Seymour were one and the same. For that is the secret of being once the birds looked at themselves in the mirror of the seymour they saw themselves in complete terms perfect terms and they understood that they were all one with the seymour seymour means in persian 30 birds by now The birds all completely surrendered themselves in pure contemplation. They were now in a state of baqa, subsistence. So it is a long spiritual journey by a seeker, murid, in Arabic, guided by a master, a sheikh in Arabic or peer in Persian. This journey goes through stations, maqamat, singular Maqam, and the seeker's spiritual efforts lead to advancement through these stations, the first being usually Repentance in Arabic Tawbah and the last being Annihilation in Arabic Fana' 'ah, with many in between depending on the Sufi school. Passing each one of these stations leads the seeker To experience a state in arabic hal plural ahwal these ahwal are altered states of consciousness and are seen as a reward from god for the seekers effort to overcome the ego self at some level despite the hardships involved in arabic bala until at the end the ego is completely defeated, and the seeker takes away all the impediments that estranged the soul from its source. In these ideas, some listeners might rightly recognize the echo of the mystical traditions of other religions, like Christianity and Judaism, that developed within the frame and in interaction with the Neoplatonic ideas that originated with the Greek philosopher Plotinus and his followers, who wrote much about the notion of emanation and return. Briefly, at the cost of oversimplification, Neoplatonism posits the existence of the transcendent perfect one, with a capital O, pure spirit, from which emanates spheres of being that, as they go further away from the source, become more plural and less perfect, all the way down to the material world. But this emanation also engenders an attraction back to the source. Therefore, human beings seek to free themselves from the material and to return to their source. The one this worldview did not always live in harmony with other orientations within Islam, particularly the more literal minded among the jurists, despite various efforts at synthesis. The general view that came to dominate the world of Sufis was that the sharia adherence to the law of God was the outer shell of the system that Sufis share with all Muslims. But the second layer is that of tariqa, the way, that is the way of the Sufis that takes the believer to a higher stage and leads him to the haqiqa, the truth of God. The Sufi way creates the friends of God, awliya Allah, this is a Quranic term. These awliya are the beloved of God, and God is their beloved. Importantly, Sufi thinkers would slowly construct a hierarchy of saints, a hierarchy of the awliya of God, with at the top, Qutb al-Zaman, the Pole of the Time, who is seen as the one through whom God maintains the equilibrium of the world in a particular era. Other figures that also played cosmic roles included such Awliya as the Oted pillars and the Abdel the substitutes. Thank you for listening, Assalamu alaikum.